Arrested DevOps, episode 27, A Year of Arrested DevOps. I'm your co-host, Matt Stratton, at Matt Stratton on Twitter. I'm your co-host, Trevor Hess, at Trevor G. Hess on Twitter. And I'm your co-host, Bridget Krumhout, at Bridget Krumhout on Twitter. Arrested DevOps is brought to you by 10th Magnitude, a cloud services company that figures if you're listening to this podcast, you are pretty cool. You can find out about joining their cloud services team at 10thmagnitude.com. We all know that being on call sucks, but what if there were a tool out there that allowed you to route incidents to the right team, at mention specific people to ask for help, and hop into chat with your team from an easy to decipher incident timeline that gave you full context of what was happening? That tool is VictorOps, and they're different. From setting up global on-call rotations to creating a post-mortem report, VictorOps is there with you through every step of the incident lifecycle. Our real-time collaboration platform helps your team solve problems faster. Sign up for a 14-day free trial and see how they're making on-call suck less. Visit ArrestedDevOps.com slash VictorOps to sign up. This episode is also sponsored by Redgate Software. Redgate makes tools that bring the benefits of continuous delivery, safe releases, efficient development, and fast feedback to your database. Find out more about database lifecycle management, download free trials, and browse the database delivery learning program at arresteddevops.com slash Redgate. If you're into that IRC thing, you can find us on Freenode and channel Arrested DevOps during the show or on Twitter at Arrested DevOps with questions for the panel. And those of you who have gotten used to the format of this show are taking a look and saying, wait a minute, where's the panel this time? Uh, so after an entire year of Arrested DevOps, when the, uh, Matt and Trevor have been you know, interviewing folks with topics from CI to security and panels of devs and ops, um, dev to ops and every combination thereof, DevOps in the enterprise, sparkly horses, um, finally, for this last episode of the year, we thought it would be fun to revisit Matt and Trevor chatting without guests, and that hasn't happened since the first episode. I guess I thought, as you know, the, the newest host on the show, a fun place to start would be, how did all this start? Uh, Trevor, Matt, take it from the top. I had an idea to start blogging about DevOps based on kind of a... DevOps 101 kind of an idea, and my friend Jessica Fritchie uh, came up with the name Arrested DevOps, um, so shout out to her, and thanks to TimeHop, I was able to find that recently. But uh, but then as I, I kind of had been listening to a lot of podcasts, as, as one does, and came to the conclusion that there was a gap in terms of people who were just getting started uh, from a podcasting perspective, not getting started at podcasting, but just starting to learn about DevOps, and as I, I, I always like to say that the, the, the mission statement of this podcast was to be the, hey, my boss read about DevOps in the in-flight magazine, and now I'm supposed to do it. And <laughs> I, I, I made that comment to somebody the other day, and they're like, there's articles about DevOps in in-flight magazines? I'm like, I don't know, but apparently Probably. I think there are. <laughs> you know? Probably. I would kind of love to read them and see what they're, what they're about. So I, I mean, a big fan of, you know, DevOps Cafe. I mean, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today if it wasn't for that show. I started to learn about DevOps from listening to Damon and John and kind of stumbled my way into the Food Fight show and to Ship show after that. But one of the things that I had kind of discovered was the first few episodes when I first started listening to Damon and John, and actually, to be honest, it still happens to me. I don't always know exactly what they're talking about. And usually it's John that I don't know what he's talking about. 
um, <laughs> because he's he's making really deep references to things, and I'm just not smart enough to know what John Willis is talking about most of the time. Yeah, and I was going to say, and you're talking about John Willis and Damon Edwards, and you're doing yes. the name dropping. I'm thing. doing the name dropping thing, yes. Uh, and <laughs> my ago, you swore up and down would never ever ever never happen. ever happen. Yep, you know. Oh yeah, didn't you didn't you say you were never going to tell a story about how you were talking to John Allspaw at Velocity? Um, has this actually happened? Have you been talking to John Allspaw at Velocity or elsewhere? No, because I, I have yet to attend Velocity, and I actually haven't met <laughs> uh, the esteemed Mr. Allspaw in in person yet. Back to the beginning, I think yeah. that you're you're skipping some of the original story. Trevor, can you tell us all about this Azure meetup? Many moons ago, as as longtime listeners will know, I used to work at a a company, uh, a different company than I do now. We were looking for .NET people, and there was this new Azure meetup that was that was listed. And so my boss and I started attending. Well, I went the first time, and it was cool, and I was learning new things. And the second time I went around, uh, there was this really loud, knowledgeable guy there um, with the, the doctor's name tattooed on his arm. I got to chatting with him while he was vaping, and it turned out this guy was Matt Stratton. The rest, as they say, is is history in terms of that. But uh, that's what the, it's the downtown Chicago meetup. Although it's about to go through a rebranding. Are they moving it to the suburbs? No, we're we're merging with another group so we can get more people there because more people is more fun. Although Matt hasn't shown up since he left. So that's how Trevor and I how we met. And so when I went to go start wanting to do this podcast, I. I can be somewhat self-aware at times, and one of the things I'm self-aware <laughs> at is that I don't always finish what I start. In fact, I rarely do. That's why I love being a solution architect and not an actual consultant that has to actually implement things. And and so I knew that if I had a partner, that would keep me honest because if it was my own thing, if I got bored with it and went, oh, shiny, something else, then <laughs> I would be accountable to nobody. So... I thought about it and I said, well, you know, that Trevor guy, you know, I was like, well, it'd be kind of cool. He's a dev dude, you know, and we've had interesting conversations. And uh, I remember actually uh, talking to our marketing person saying, do you think Trevor would be interested in doing this? You know, because like I was intimidated by Trevor apparently. And then I, then we <laughs> talked more and that's over. Uh, but yeah, just, and, and we, we, we actually have, it's, uh, it's been, it's been an interesting journey to see how that, partnership relationship has has changed over the year for the better not that it was bad but you know just th I think I think you listen to us now and you listen back to the early episodes there's different the voices are different uh, I will also say that as I remember editing the very first episode and thinking to myself as I was going through it saying are you ever gonna let Trevor talk <laughs> you become well, very conscious of this when you're when you're editing. So. Well, and guess what? You have me on the show now, and so I'm definitely yeah. not going to let you talk the whole time. <laughs> Understand? I'm much better about it. Um, okay, uh, so. Uh, and to, 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 I at Matt was also a little intimidated. I was I was uh, I was surprised and, and pleased that you thought highly enough of me to uh, to ask me to do a show with you. I think because there was, I think the second time we met was at one of the uh, when when uh, 10M was doing the the Azure thing at the the Microsoft campus in Chicago, and you oh, were right. doing a class. It was probably because you were super busy, but I was like, "Oh, hey, how are you?" And you were just like, "Oh, I, I'm good." <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, oh. it's, actually, it was because I was mostly freaking out because I was teaching a class about Azure that I had just learned everything about about three days before. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, so moving on to, all right, that's how things started. Moving on to the current state of things. I'm a co-host now, and uh, pretty Again. much thanks. But pretty much all I know is we do this about twice a month. But <laughs> when I asked, well, what other stats or what other things are there about this show? Like Matt and Trevor had a lot more information than this. We talk to people twice a month. Uh, do you want to run us through some of what you have found or seen over the last year in terms of like, you know, some raw numbers? Sure. And the one thing I do want to point out is that when it comes to stats in the podcast world, it's all guesswork because there's no real way to know, like, did somebody listen to the whole thing or, or you really, you know, we really couldn't call them listens. So you kind of talk about how many times was the actual audio file downloaded. That's kind of a, an audio download stat. So I look at it from the assumption of just for myself, I look at our download numbers and I cut them in half and I figure, well, if half the people who download the file listen to it, that would be amazing. Um, <laughs> just for my own unofficial purposes, but. But so, so which, which one got downloaded the most of, of okay. the, this is, we're on the number 27. Um, right. Which episode has been the most popular so far. Sure. Okay. Well, and that's even that is kind of a hard number. So I'll tell you, I'll tell you my, my theories on this when it comes in and why that's, that's stuff. So the episode that has been downloaded the most uh, is also the one that's been viewed the most on YouTube. And that would be episode 14, how to fuck up DevOps. So I guess the, the Colbert bump, like the Pete Cheslock yeah. effect. <laughs> It very well could be. Uh, the the thing, though, is the reason it's a little unfair is that, you know, because I looked at it and I thought about, oh, well, which episode was our least downloaded? And I looked and I'm like, well, it was one we did like two episodes ago. I guess that gives it away. But that's the, that's not a reflection on how popular yeah. the episode is. The it was recent. recent. <laughs> so we look at our – so the, those old numbers, they just keep growing. But I will say that's real exciting to me when I look back and I see that every episode continually grows and it's – uh, number of downloads because that means that people are listening to the back catalog and are not just necessarily listening to whatever's latest that people are going back when they when we get new subscribers and new people who are new to the show and that is clearly happening as the things grow people are doing the kind of thing that I do with podcasts where I go wow this was awesome well I'm hopefully they're saying wow this is awesome but they're going back and saying I want to go listen to the old stuff too and that to me is 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 super valuable um, to have that kind of of an impact the the thing is too when we look at the way that people can like we're always I don't want to say surprised but always have to think about that there's lots of different ways that people consume our show so from a number perspective audio is king right so just to throw this around there we get about 2500 to 3000 audio downloads per episode versus the YouTube views are about 10% of that, about two to 300 views. Now, what we discovered though, so I always kind of thought is the YouTube was like, well, you know, Hangouts automatically post up there. So there's there, we get a couple people, hundred people watch it here or there, whatever. The, uh, but the thing was, so there was a point, and I think it was because of like the, because um, we had the gap because of the DevOps days Minneapolis episode that didn't go on YouTube. And yeah. some people reached out to us and were like, what's up with the show? I, I haven't seen a new episode in a while. And we're like, <laughs> and that's how, the, you know, some people, that's how they consume our show is they watch it on YouTube and they don't use a podcatcher or iTunes or watch it on the web or whatever. They, they use the YouTubes and I'm like, Oh, you have to remember that. Right. Like, and we people... I have had countless arguments about how we can, how we can improve the audio quality without sacrificing the video component. 
Um, I almost always lose those, but somehow we still use hangouts. Um, I was going to say, if, if you're losing, I don't know how you're losing, because we're 27 episodes in, and every single one of them has been done, on, except for Minneapolis, has been done on a Google Hangout, or and Chicago, except for our two live episodes, which is ironic, I guess, that our, our truly live episodes were not live streamed. Right. Um, I, w- I wanted to think a little bit, too, uh, about, like, kind of from a historical perspective, um, there's a couple little historical stories that I think are, are fun. Uh, one of them is, so Jez Humble is a cornerstone of a lot of things I think about with DevOps. When I first started, when I first bought into DevOps because I heard Jez on DevOps Cafe and like I had this light bulb moment. So to be honest, so Brian Barry of the Food Fight Show, he, he wrote a tech blog a while ago that was the dirty little secret of tech podcasting. And he said that it was the dirty secret is this is how you get people to talk to you for an hour who you would not be able to talk to in the hallway tracker, you know, they're too busy otherwise. <laughs> so a good portion, I will admit a, a big part of the reason this podcast exists was, you know, to get jazz on the show. And <laughs> my joke to Trevor was that you would have to have <laughs> 10 episodes in the can. Cause I was just saying like, how many episodes do you think we have to have before? Like we're big enough that I can dare ask jazz. And again, all, all respect to Jez because he's not a jerk, right? Like I could have asked him probably right away and he would have been just as friendly and awesome. And but he works with you now. So he works with me now. Yeah. So that's a whole other thing. Right. <laughs> but the funny thing was at, right after our 10th episode, I tweeted him and I was like, so we got 10. He's like, can we now ask you to be on the podcast? And he said, well, the, the, the trick is getting me to shut up. What You said something like the hard thing isn't getting me on the show. It's getting me to shut up once I'm on. <laughs> and episode 15 was with Jazz. He, and it he was, accepted like two days before he was in town too. So we actually, we, oh, we went up and we talked to him at the yeah. meetup about <laughs> being on the show like three weeks before we actually had him on the show. So that kind of does make that kind of poses the question like which comes first the topic or the guest you know like under I know from my point of view at least like I've definitely I can answer that question from the ones that I've been proposing from your ideas like which one comes first you you think of a perfect topic and then you start thinking about the best people for it or the other way around or both so for me it's absolutely uh, topic first and then who who can talk about that topic I'm, I'm going to probably say the first explicit thing I've ever I've ever said on Arrested DevOps, but Matt is totally a star fucker. <laughs> <laughs> so you're thinking of just you got the deep cuts, you've got the people nobody's heard of, but they're they're brilliant, they're fucking brilliant. Is that what you're saying, Trevor? Uh, I wouldn't go that far, but I think they're very intelligent. <laughs> no, and I think actually that's a really all, all kidding aside, that's a really good point because it's hard for for me to not like go to the echo chamber right because and trevor kind of lives outside the echo chamber and he comes up with people that i don't have never heard of and that doesn't mean they're not important but they're just like they're not the usual suspects and they've been super interesting from that perspective and i think that's something we have been trying to whether consciously or not to get better about is because why do a show that you know Paul and the ship show already did, you know, why, why mm-hmm. cover things that have already been done somewhere else and, and to get the same voices. Um, and I like to have kind of a mix because some, some of the people in the echo chamber still have smart things to say. And we have a lot of people, <laughs> well, we, we have a lot of, uh, there's a, there's a lot of Hopefully people that, show that don't, that are not part of that DevOps community, you know, that this is their introduction. So I don't think it's something where we have to continually go outside the norm, but, Mm-hmm. The, the identity of the show is really hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll, we'll talk about that a identity. little bit. Identity. 
identity. This comes from this comes from the man who, since June, has changed his Twitter handle eight <laughs> times. He didn't change the handle. He just changed his, just you know, name. his name. What are you? Are you hacker of Gibsons or something now? No, I can't no, even no, remember what you are. Names ago. Now I'm e too many nicknames. Oh my, yeah, that's that's about right. <laughs> I, I think the the which comes first, right? Like the the music or the misery, right? It's. <laughs> It kind of goes both in both directions. I can think of for I can think of episodes that exemplified both. So there were some where it's like, hey, we want jazz on, and what's just going to talk about? Well, duh, he's going to talk about continuous delivery. But then even then, when we talked to him and we were prepping for it, we said, well, you know what? We don't want to have the usual jazz humble continuous delivery talk because you've given that and people have heard it. So let's talk about continuous delivery a little differently. And I don't know if we succeeded at that or not. And if we didn't, it's our fault and not jazzes because it's too easy to kind of go down the same path but we we tried to you know there were episodes too where i was like okay well we just want to have so and so on and we'll figure it out later for example i was like i know we need to have a configuration management episode and then we then we went out and we said we want to have this well who should that be and we said okay well let's let's have you know steve morowski come out and talk about powershell and let's have chris weber talk about puppet and get sean o'mara to talk about chef but then I think when I when I look at like what we're trying to do going forward too, I, I think our proposed topics that we've been talking about for 2015 do split that difference. You know, where we've had some that were like you said, Bridget, you proposed some that you were being specific about the guest, but it was still because that was yeah. I don't like I said I don't know which drove first, but I think we've had some where we're like, well, we just have to have a show where we talk about this thing, and we'll figure out who we're going to have on later or. I know we've I've had we get a lot of people want to be on the show, which is like the biggest compliment ever. But but I'll kind of say like, well, what do you want to talk about? You know, because I'm someone I'm like, you're super smart, and I'd love to have you on the show. But what what do you want to come talk about? And we'll figure out if that's a topic that makes sense for our listeners. It's something we want to talk about, something that fits in that we haven't done before. So we we also get feedback from listeners as well. Um, you know, a, a lot of a lot of feedback has been that we 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 kind of you know, as as Matt said earlier, our kind of our goal was to be the 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 intro to DevOps podcast, and uh, there has been there's been a lot of feedback that we sometimes go a little bit too heavy on the culture and not enough in the tools. And um, our our most recent the Git episode was uh, was kind of an attempt to to respond to that. So some of the episode ta- the ideas actually come from. You guys, the listen, or you people, you everyone, the listeners. <laughs> and, and you know, and that's a that's a good question. Now I'm trying to think about what drove because I knew that that was driven by us wanting to have a more technical episode. And I think what it came out of was someone specifically saying, like, "Hey, on episode 14, Nathan Harvey talked about blah 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 with Git." I think one of our feedbacks was, "We want to have an episode where you talk about how to do Git." And then. I don't think I went out and like Googled who's smart about Git, but I started th- got like the wheels were turning in my head that we wanted to do this, and then like I, you know, kind of Emma comes through my timeline as she will, and I went, oh damn, we should have Emma on. <laughs> yeah, I, and and like like Trevor said that really, I having a big identity crisis with the show sometimes about well, who our who our audience is because I'm very there's a lot of people that I know listen to the show that I'm very surprised, and not because of being a star fucker or whatever, but just because I'm like, really, we're, <laughs> but, and we're supposed to be the one-on-one show, but you can't control your audience. You know, you can't define what they are and say, well, this is who I wanted to reach. And I think though, at the same time, and this is stuff that people don't, that unless you're me or Trevor, you know, and, and now Bridget and, you know, how these things come up, but 
we get a lot of messages from people who are affecting change in their organization and saying like they're really they really are getting out of this what we intended. People are saying I mm-hmm. I didn't even know where to start. I listened to your show about this and now I'm actually trying to do that. Or I've, I had someone send me a message that was basically like, I, I drink the Kool-Aid, I'm in. My organization is not, it's a fight. I am continually fighting for this and I, I feel very defeated about it, but I listen to the show and people are doing it. So it makes me feel like this is something that can be done. And you get stuff like that. And that's way more awesome than to hear that like, you know, Mike Fiedler listened to the show. No offense, you know what I mean? I'm like, that's great, but like, Mike's doing the work, right? Whatever, you yeah. know, that's cool. Mike Fiedler can listen to the show and enjoy the show, and possibly he isn't going to take the as much of a takeaway from it as the people that you're aiming it at, but he can still enjoy it. Yeah, and, and maybe they're getting get stuff Mike Fiedler on, on the show. Mike Fiedler's been on the show. Been on the oh, show. that's right. He was on the Sissiman episode. <laughs> he was, yeah. I did just uh, listen to most of them. Yeah. Not every single one all the way through. I, I don't know the drinking game where, where you have a shot every time Matt calls me young. That's a 2014 joke. We need new jokes for 2015. So well, we got we got to close out 2014 with yeah, the be, Let's just let's just say before before we uh, move on to 2015 cuz I do want to talk oh. about what we want for the future of the show. Let's let's have a few moments of reminiscing. Let's hear some of the uh, favorite moments from from this past year. So yeah, some of our favorite moments of twenty, the first year of Arrested DevOps for your listening pleasure. As a developer, I've been doing all kinds of DevOps. I like to think as more of a factor of how much everybody liked it than my low expectations. That sounds like a Decepticon to me. I have opinions, and the internet needs to hear them. Why is the password on the front page of the website? Surely that's a bad idea. You're not going to hear me say, you know, when I was talking to John Allspaugh at Velocity. It's 2014, and if you're not using config management, then you're probably doing something wrong. I hate to do this, but I'd like to call bullshit. I don't think it's just culture, and I also don't think that it's 2014, so of course everyone does config management. You don't have to feel dirty for using Microsoft. I don't think the communication is a result of, you know, the way the furniture in the office. The tools are easy. People are what's tough. Enterprise is a risk of us. Well, if they were really risk-averse, they would actually care about disaster recovery. <laughs> Matt and I both dropped the ball this week and told Dave and Sasha about checkouts about mm, an hour before the episode started. If you treat developers like children, they're always going to be children. Um, there's, there's, there's no like special chip that we can stick in the back of somebody's neck that says that you're going to be, um, you know, that you're going to be a nice person. And- it's hard to believe, but it's true that a version control system means copying a file to dot back. Nobody wants to use RCS anymore. The information wants to be free and nothing more so than your passwords. Probably the standout thing for me I've learned since I've been here is quite how much you can get done, the kind of the things you can do when the consequence for failure is learning more stuff. We've now just experienced an audio cut of a whole bunch of wonderful moments. I have no idea what they all are. I'm sure they will probably be whatever Matt picks. We have some ideas, but we'll see. Um, I hope that he includes uh, the bit from episode one where he doesn't want to read the classic John Vincent quote because he doesn't <laughs> want to say the word shit on the air. It's hilarious. It's like such adorable, so baby podcaster. <laughs> I love it. Um, and then by the time the Etsy app rolls around, everybody is swearing like chef employees. So that's also, you, I, I, I want to point out that when, when Bridget was like going back and listening to old episodes, she sent me a message and was like, please tell me you stopped doing that spring time every time somebody, <laughs> somebody swears. I'm like, yeah, I got to turn it down. Oh, God, yeah. When, when you had Sasha Bates on. And, uh, 
And she kept spring, spring every time she said anything. <laughs> so what happens is there's a in in iTunes. Yes, you're, you're explicit. Mark, it's fine. You mark the podcast as explicit, and and Matt and I didn't want to to. Just, turn people away because they didn't want to listen to an explicit podcast. Eventually, Matt realized that was a fruitless effort. In fact, actually, it might be a feature, not a bug. <laughs> right. Exactly. Now um, that we've got this massive following, then we can do whatever the fuck. You know, so. Yes. So I'm, I'm really happy that, that I can say fuck and nobody is going to turn me into a bleep or a spring noise. Spring. It's not good. You do um, know I'm going to go and put a spring over when you said fuck just now. Just <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, another moment that I really like is in episode two, because Trevor has this like really awesome line about how one of his favorite things about being a developer is you can never stop learning, because if you stop learning, you're dead. And I'm listening to this, and I'm thinking, like, I wanted the MST version of this where, I'm, where I answer and say, Trevor, so you're like a shark? <laughs> it's like, you just, you never stop swimming. It's like, all right. So, yeah, so those are those are the two moments from the really early episodes that I thought were just adorable and so 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 awesome actually. And uh, and then other probably the two episodes that I was on and then the one that I've hosted so far before this one were a lot of fun. Just being being on with Patrick uh, Dubois, DevOps Days Minneapolis, and then having that really fun episode with Jason Dixon and Pete Cheslock where we just talked about how awesome conferences are. That and, was a really uh, great episode. That's one of my favorites. That was super fun. And then, of course, the hosting the Enterprise one with um, Michael Ducey and Russ Clanton and um, Steve Herrera, where we talked about DevOps in the Enterprise. And then they were apparently this podcast is spawning new podcasts now. So. <laughs> oh, my God. That episode was so hard. I mean, so we you guys who are listening, problems. you all who are listening to it, I, I think I covered it up pretty well in the edit. Uh, did. I did not have poor Mandy have to try to salvage that. So I did it myself. But the there was it was like a comedy of errors on that it was me on like hotel wi-fi at 6 30 p.m when the entire hotel is trying to watch netflix at the same time and and then Ducey the other thing in, that's happening in, the was in budapest remember Ducey was in budapest Ducey was in budapest right he's not, he sounded better than you Herrera, i think had the worst connection of everybody and he was like at home so in who knows but he was in canada, canada he was so on canada well that was also the same day that there was the huge Azure network spike. So we also had, at the meantime, this is going on. So if you listen to that episode and you wonder why you don't hear Trevor and I talking very much, we're <laughs> like massively trying to figure out why are the websites down. And my IRC bouncer was down, so I couldn't get onto IRC. Yeah, it was, it was all this crazy stuff. And I think it ended up being a really good episode when it was done. And, and it was funny because I was listening to a week later, uh, there's a podcast I like uh, called Podcaster Roundtable that's just a bunch of people who do a lot of podcasting talking about how they do it. And the episode was like, what do you do when everything goes wrong? So I, I really, really enjoyed getting to, to talk about help in episode 17 because it's, it's just such an important topic to me. It's helped me be the developer I am now. I, th I like to think I'm a good developer. So <laughs> I like to think that's part of what helped me be a good developer. I also, I, I really like this story. Uh, it was in episode 11 uh, we were talking to Etsy. Alspa and Cowie were were talking about telling somebody they were being a dick. Specifically, uh, well, wasn't it Cow Cowie telling Alspa he was being a dick? I well, well actually, no, it was a team. Like Alspa's yeah. team went back that he was being a dick to Cowie, and 
the team goes back to them and and the, yeah the 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 more the more PC uh, that didn't quite come across the way you meant it to. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that, that was a lot of fun because that that is the sort of thing that happens. Well, and especially if you're in an organization where every individual contributor feels like secure and safe, being able to say to an Empowered. SVP, "Hey, what the hell, dude?" Yeah, I mean that's huge. Oh, I think I said that then too. Yeah. <laughs> I, I also had a lot of fun with uh, episode 23 when we were talking about cloud systems administration we get on the line with tom and tom's like yeah so have either of you read the book because <laughs> uh, it has nothing to do with what we're talking what you guys have slated to talk about and so we just had to fly the whole episode by the seat of our pants and it was also one of the episodes where i, I really got to contribute a lot so i had a lot of fun doing that uh, i don't think i let matt talk at all that episode. no not, not too much that was pretty much the trevor and tom show which was great <laughs> Well, the other time when you didn't let me talk was the help episode, which was was mostly because I, I literally could not. We had the one episode when I lost my blown out my voice at, at the Agile. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you were sick. And I was yeah. I was just sort of like, okay, you guys go talk. <laughs> <laughs> and we had technical difficulties on that one too. Uh, oh, we Dave, lost the cast. Yeah, Dave's wife Sandy was going to join us, but there was just technical difficulties, and she couldn't get on the call. It was it was it was sad because she's awesome and would have contributed a lot to that conversation. But we'll have to have her, we'll have her on for something time. else. Yeah. But overall, I'm just I'm super <laughs> grateful for all the people I've had the opportunity to speak with and meet over the past year. And I just wanted to say specifically, thank you, Matt, for for kind of inviting me and giving me the opportunity to to join you on this quest. And thanks to everybody who's listening for for helping make this successful. And all of our guests, little, of course, for little, also little helping. Tier. Helping make the success. This is the real little tear going on right here now. Aww. So, uh, <laughs> I, I think there's yeah there's there's been it's been a, an interesting interesting time. I mean, one of my I, I will say there's no I, I'm not surprised that episode 14, which is the how to fuck up DevOps episode, is is so popular. It's one of my favorites for a couple of reasons. It was a very it was one of our first episodes where there was a whole separate separate back channel episode happening in the Google chat while the episode was going <laughs> on as as will happen when you combine you know Nathan and, and, and Pete. But there was a great moment in that episode where Pete Cheslock starts pontificating about like, hey, it's 2014. If you're not doing configuration management, there's something wrong with you or something out of fact. And Nathan's like, um, um, Pete, like 85% of companies are not doing configuration management. It is not everywhere <laughs> yet. It's not because it was sort of like Pete was trying to say like, hey, this is just a done deal, right? We're past this. That's table stakes. And it's like, it really isn't. Um, and it was, it was, it was a lot of fun. The, I also just uh, one of the things I loved about that episode was as a as a big fan of of Nathan Harvey on Food Fight, when someone is a, a guest on a show versus a host, they're very different. And I don't mean like oh they can just let their hair down and you know and and have opinions. I mean that's part of it. But when you're the host, you're controlling the conversation, or at least you're steering it. You're you're thinking about a lot of different things, and you're really trying to bring out your guests. And having Nathan just be able to be there and just like provide content was so much fun. And uh, I've listened to that episode a lot of times, and I've gotten a lot out of it. And it's it's a I'm not surprised. Again, when I ran the numbers, I wasn't surprised it was as popular as it was. And it's one of my favorites. Um, 
one of my favorites to have done. I, I really bombed my audio. I used like a super crappy headset on that episode, and my audio quality is awful, and it it bothers me. But nothing you can do about it now. I'm not going to ADR the whole episode and read <laughs> my lines. Um, so if you were going to do that, I feel like the temptation to editorialize and say different things would be far too great. I, I will say that one of the should, beautiful should, things we should do a uh, we should do a. Uh, April Fool's Day episode where we <laughs> MST3K an old episode. Oh, that would be fun. Oh my God. <laughs> so I have to say that now now we have, the majority of our episodes are edited by Mandy Moore uh, at the Ruby Rep on Twitter, and she does a great job with that. And there's there's one thing I miss by doing a, from doing it myself is when you're the editor, you have absolute control of how stupid you sound. Or you... <laughs> so there have been many episodes, I shouldn't say many, that sounds bad, but there's several where... I just said something ridiculous. And when I was sitting editing, I'm like, yep, and that's gone. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, there's some great power to that. Uh, you also notice, I, as I used to joke, if you listen to episodes that I've edited versus Mandy, uh, it seems like everybody starts saying um a lot more towards the end of the episode because I start to get more <laughs> in editing. <laughs> like the beginning, I'll be really good about cutting pauses and ums and ahs and everything. And then like 45 minutes in, I'm like, okay, it's good enough. Just ship it. See, ship it. <laughs> yeah, fuck, ship it. Yeah. Um, this actually brings up kind of an interesting question of stuff that we we sort of glossed over and didn't talk about about the current state of the podcast. Sure. But I know this is the sort of thing that might be might feel intimidating to people who want to start a podcast of their own, or who just don't know anything about the logistics that go into podcasts, or who Google something about podcast infrastructure and then quail at what appear to be an incomprehensible amount of costs and and like oh, yeah. logistics. Like, can you just kind of give a quick rundown of the sort of stuff? And I don't care about specific numbers, but the sort of stuff that it takes to do something like this. Well, right, and and it, it's all a matter of. I mean, it can it can really vary. It can vary from costing you next to nothing to you could be investing thousands and thousands of dollars a month. I mean, now, we're, we're using not, hangouts. We're using hangouts. That's right. free, right? So this is right. free, so, right? Well, that's, that's a big, that's a piece of it, sure, <laughs> right? You know, so we got that. So in our case, I'll kind of tell you like where we kind of fall. So like I said, you you there are people that could do this totally without costing a dime. Um, you know, you got a head, you got yourself a headset, you got a webcam, you got Google Hangouts, and let it stream to YouTube, and you're done. And then everybody can watch your show on YouTube, and people can do that. Or even you could take it a small. But then there's things like, well, we have to turn that into an audio file, and then that has to get hosted somewhere. So a little bit of the back end of this, and and hopefully I'll I intend to update our site with a little more detail on how we do the show. Um, mm -hmm. If you read the about page now, it's out of date. But anyway, we record the show on Google Hangouts which we're doing right now, and you're a part of it, yay. Uh, that gets that gets pushed directly to uh, YouTube, and we can't edit it. That's just how that works. And then what I do is I pull down the audio, I pull down the MP4 file, I convert it to AIFF, and then either I ship that over to Mandy Moore, and she edits it and throws it back to me on Dropbox, and then that's done, or I sit and I edit it, in which case it takes like a week longer, and it's not as good, but, you know, but then whatever. So then, so the, the MP3s, of um, the podcast are actually stored on S3, on Amazon S3, so there's a cost to that. And then the website is a, <laughs> an Azure-hosted website. Uh, <laughs> and th there's really nothing special about Azure in this case. It just happens to be where I had initially put it. So we're a little bit like cross-cloud, I guess. So there's some cost to hosting the website that's actually running the infrastructure of the when you go to restdevops.com and you see the episodes and it, it hosts the uh, RSS feed that drives the things. And that's sort of the high level. But then built into that, 
we also are uh, the the way that we record. So the quality comes into play, right? You're you're only as good as your equipment. Um, now, you're not as good as your equipment necessarily, but you can't be any better than your equipment. So if you have a super shitty, like if you're using iPhone headset, right? It's not going to sound as nice as if you have a really good mic. Now, if you have a really good mic and you don't know what to do with it, it's going to sound super cruddy. Which so happens every find, time I try to use my really nice mic. I know. This is a problem. We've like, <laughs> so you want to know, so Bridget, you want to know why do we have sponsors? It's so we can buy mics for Trevor that he doesn't use. Um, well, it also just so happens that the last four episodes I've not been at home for. <laughs> and, and that's actually been the thing. Some of the cost that's come into this has been the fact that I have two different audio setups because I have my one that's at home that's not very portable, but then as I started working in a job where I'm on the road all the time and more often than not, I'm recording this show from a hotel room, I got a, a mic that was intended to be a more travel mic. Now, it weighs like 30 pounds and it wasn't a really good choice. It's a great mic. It's not super portable, but it's more portable than my crazy thing on a stand and everything like that that I have in, in my office at, at, at home. Um, but then the things that go into it, it's really... And there's different, you know, software that we bought and we do things with, you know, services and everything. And our sponsors allow us to do this. The other thing, mm -hmm. there, there are things that let us do things more quickly. Like the, our investment in having uh, someone else do the post-production means that we can turn episodes around much, much faster. Usually we get it back from Andy within 48 hours of them being mm -hmm. recorded. With the exception of last week's database episode, I've never done it that fast, you know. And so that just lets us then say, well, now we don't have to spend time on, on doing that. We can put effort into coming up with shows, you know, scheduling guests. It gives us even the ability to say, like we said, well, we're doing this twice a month. We've kind of toyed around and said, well, could we do it more frequently? And the only thing that keeps us from doing it more frequently is time, right? You know, mm -hmm. so if you look at ways like having a third co-host where you can move things around, because Bridget, before we had you, there was no way Trevor or either of us could ever skip an episode. Well, I mean, I guess we could, but it never entered our mind as a possibility. Well, Minneapolis, you had to get Julian Dunn to step in as a co-host. That's true. That's true. <laughs> we had to stunt Trevor in Minneapolis, but... Uh, <laughs> But that was, it was actually kind of weird and nothing with Julie. And it was just like, oh, it's really weird to do the show. And I'm the only one who knows how it goes. And a lot of this goes to what makes sense. So Trevor alluded to before about like, you know, kind of having these arguments about improving our audio quality and switching off of Hangouts on Air, but yet we're still on them. Part of this is convenience, right? Everybody seems to be able to do it. We keep threatening to try to start doing this with Skype. We will try an episode with Skype eventually. So yeah, so there's a lot, and we're really appreciative of our sponsors because they enable us to to, to make bigger leaps with what we can do and, and not have that have to be a thing. When we started the show, for the first few months, this was all funded out of pocket by me. This was just a thing I wanted to do, and I paid the bills, and that was okay. And then it's kind of nice to now be able to say, well, I could get my money back, <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and we can spend our time working on, on other stuff. We've kind of talked about the past of the podcast, um, but what about the future? So I know we have some exciting the stuff future. going on with the <laughs> We have some exciting stuff going on with the structure. Uh, did the two of you discuss uh, having Ducey join as a field correspondent, or was this just something that Matt dreamed up, like, you know, and like didn't even ask Trevor? I have to well, I'm know. I'm sure I didn't ask Trevor at all. <laughs> no, no, you did. Oh, um, for Ducey? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, because we were, we we were we were very nicely invited to go oh. to DevOps Days in uh, it was was in Belgium, Wisconsin. Yeah. And unfortunately, Matt and I both had other commitments, and we couldn't go. 
so so Matt had said that Ducey was going to be there and said, you know, do you mind if we did had Ducey be our field correspondent since neither of us can make it there? Even though Ducey's going to do the whole goat farm thing, which should be cool. I think they're recording and hopefully some episodes will come out soon. Um, well, we'll have something in the show notes about that, but it'll be goatcan. Uh, dot com, but um, even if he's, you know, I think it's go go can dot do. Uh, I think it's both, but okay. anyway, so um, <laughs> it's it's a floor wax and a dessert topping, much like system D. Um, but uh, I think that you should probably we should probably try even if he's doing his own podcast, try to get him to still be a field correspondent because he goes to a lot more conferences in a lot more countries than most of us. <laughs> That's true. I think just we should just have him every now and again. We should just have him pop into the hangout for like five minutes from whatever city he's in, <laughs> and we'll be like, "So, how was the DevOps in Budapest? There in Budapest, you know, how was the DevOps in uh, the Philippines, Ducey?" And we'll be like, "Well, there's a DevOps seventy-five percent chance of continuous delivery." Yeah, <laughs> I think we should uh, do that for sure. And uh, um, yeah, and, and we're excited to have have Bridget join us for sure. Um, this was a little, you know, again, I, I, I'm 99% sure I did not ask Trevor at all about this one. <laughs> no, you did. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> I just assumed that I didn't. <laughs> no, no, we you actually asked me on multiple occasions how I felt about it. And every yeah, time I said, well, that's fine. That sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> and then you forgot that you had the conversation and went and asked him again. And Trevor's like, did you fall? Hit your head. Yeah. <laughs> also, I'm really excited that um, I, literally a year after I asked him to do it, Trevor finally wrote his bio um, <laughs> for this episode. So that's been updated. And I also finally updated mine since leaving, since joining Chef in June. Uh, I've now finally <laughs> updated mine and no longer says I work at 10th Magnitude. So there's that. And you finally Which updated reminds that. reminds us of another wonderful historical moment of when I joined 10th Magnitude <laughs> and Matt sees <laughs> the fuck out. Oh, this was amazing. He sends me like this I am. Like we staged it up in the episode, but this really is what happened. <laughs> Trevor sends me like an I am and he's like, dude, I got awesome news. I'm coming to work at 10th Magnitude. I'm like, yeah, about that. <laughs> well, shit. I was so excited to learn more from Matt and you know all this yeah. shit, and then he's like, "Oh, by the yeah. way, by the um, way I'll see you later." Pretty much exactly when you're coming. Yeah. So <laughs> that was that was that was a whole lot of fun. That was and that was some episodes back. That was near the beginning, wasn't that it? That was in May. Yeah, that's about right. Like I started at Chef in June, but I think we announced it in May, yeah, May. which was. Before or after you stop doing the retrospective, let's do a retrospective on how you used to have a retrospective at the beginning of the podcast. So, did you so, stop so, doing. <laughs> well, when we when we had originally kind of started, we originally sat down and started talking about how we wanted to structure the order of the podcast. We kind of talked about doing it in like a kind of agile, a mock agile framework, which is why we have kind of checkouts at the end, and and, and, and that's what we called it. We, and then you listened, and then you listened to Andrew Clay Schaefer tell you that uh, Scrum was a disease, and you changed your mind. <laughs> well, no, actually, the problem well, no, that happened with the, retrospectives the is the same problem we have with the same problem we had with retrospectives. We have with our checkouts, and that is <laughs> we're never we, we never think about what they are until about thirty minutes before the episode. Yeah. So we kind of stopped doing retros because we didn't have anything to talk about. I mean, but we did. But we we it was just it was awkward and. I, I mentioned, and I think Trevor said something similar when we were putting together the notes for this episode, that I had totally really forgotten about it until you mentioned it, Bridget. And and they kind of looked at it, it's like I kind of miss it because 
it's cool. And I guess part of me is doing work now that's maybe a little more, um, like there's more stuff going on that could be of interest. Like I can't, obviously can't talk about like customers I'm going to go see that are thinking about buying chef, you know, cause that's <laughs> usually what I, that's usually what I spend my time doing is going to talk to prospective customers. But likewise, I spend my time going to conferences now sometimes or doing blah, 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 or doing other things. So like there's stuff where when I was more doing straight consulting at the beginning, it would be like in this episode. So what have I spent the last two weeks doing the same thing I did the two weeks before? Cause I'm working on a six week long <laughs> project for one customer, you know, and, and I can't talk about it like in specific about the interesting thing. I'm well, doing. Right. And also maybe something that where we, uh, we can restructure it where we don't all necessarily have to have a retrospective, Yeah. but if somebody has a, a an interesting retrospective, we can, they can go ahead and say it. Yeah. Yeah, well, or if somebody has something that they want to take some time to write about, we always could put more time into the show notes or this mythological newsletter that theoretically occurs. <laughs> I sent one today. I think you only sent one because I asked you if it was something we should discontinue because it didn't exist. <laughs> exactly. Well, we, we did send one we today. We also once talked about doing a blog. Oh yeah, yeah. We need to blog more, just for you know SEO and stuff. But um, okay, don't look, don't look at me because I'm no. already doing blog stuff. I yeah. When we, we actually talk, when we, we talk actually a good game about a lot of stuff. I do though, but I'll tell you, I like the the thing I like about having the retro come back is that I think that there's a lot of um, personal insight that's getting lost in the show potentially. I mean, it comes out as mm -hmm. we talk, but when I think about shows that I really like. I feel like you know, I listen to the ship show and I kind of know what Pete or Sasha or Seth or EJ, you know, or anybody is up to, right? Because they say, hey, what have you been up to? Or the same thing will happen on Food Fight. Nathan will be like, hey, Brian, I haven't talked to you in forever. So what cool things have you been doing? And, you know, John and Damon do the same thing. This comes up on Software Defined Talk. You know, everyone, that, that, that's that sort of that little catch up Personal moment. touch. Yeah. I mean, people, you know, kind of might be interested in knowing what's going on with us. Uh, so I don't know, loyal listeners. Yeah. Let us know. Tweet at us. Tell us. Should we? Should we? Do you care have about us? Touch in the retro, or are you like <laughs> just shut up and talk about Git? Um. So, so actually, there was this was actually yeah, a good segue. People too. <laughs> That's right. Um. This is actually a good segue to a thought I had, which is when you originally started this podcast, you had a kind of an idea of where you thought it might fit into the wider DevOps podcast ecosystem in terms of the podcasts you already listened to and whatnot, which you obviously still listen to even perhaps more. In general, like from both of you, and, and I'm going to ask Trevor first, um, but uh, Trevor, I'm interested in hearing like where do you see this podcast fitting in with any other podcasts that you know of or definitely don't listen to or, you know, like how do you see this podcast having evolved? So I'm the worst person to ask that question to because I <laughs> never listened to other podcasts and I'm sorry <laughs> to everybody else. I, I've met most of the other podcasters at this point and I think you're all awesome. I just, I always forget to set up my podcast application. Because it's really <laughs> hard. I, I, it, it is incredibly Android. tedious. It's legit. Um, I didn't start listening to podcasts until this year when I was on planes a lot. So no, I, it's really I, legit. I started listening to this ship show and it was it was awesome. I was doing a really good job at it. And then I got a book and I stopped listening to it on the train because I was reading the book. And then I kind of fell off the bandwagon and didn't go back. <laughs> um, sorry, but I, books were were better at the time. <laughs> so basically your answer to where do we fit into the realm of the other podcasts is the same place we were before, which is I have no fucking idea because I don't listen to them. 
or it was the we are doing our own thing and I'm not informed by or concerned about other podcasts because we're doing our own thing, which is totally legit. <laughs> how, about, how about you, Matt? I and mean, let's get a short version because short I have a lot version. of other questions. Yeah. It's already Matt, close to the hour. 365 different <laughs> podcasts, one for every other day of the week. I, I will tell you, um, it's actually there. Uh, my 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 breadth of podcasts I listen to has grown. I haven't listened to Serial yet, even though that's the only podcast anybody else in the world has ever heard of. But now I've been told to wait till like it's over and then binge the whole thing. So I'm going to do that. Um, I don't know where we fit in with Serial. That's different. Maybe we'll have more listeners because <laughs> now people know what podcasts are, I guess. But I still think that we fall into the same place. And it's, it's especially interesting with our, our pals over at the ship show because uh, Paul has this uncanny ability to I'm pretty sure he's hacks into my Google Docs and knows what I'm planning, and then he does it first. And a lot of like the ideas we've had for shows, I sit there and I'm like, God damn it, Paul, you guys did it, you did an awesome job. But they still go at it in a different way, and I still think we fit in the right realm. You know, we're we're at a different level, maybe not as much as I initially envisioned of like. Um, complexity or, or level of like knowledge, you know, not that, you know, that of our listeners, because like you said, you can't dictate your audience. We all kind of have our different voices. And I think even the same people when they come on our show versus going on ship show or anyone else are going to have a different voice because they're being interviewed by different people who have different perspectives. So mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not I, sure how I, to define what the voice is and the role that we, we fit because I told you I'm, I'm having an identity crisis with the show. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I know still, it's not what I envisioned. It is not what I thought at first at all. It, it's more, and that's cool. <laughs> I'll just say, so the, the, the people I've, I've kind of met in person, because I'm nowhere as near as good at social media as Matt, will, and I, will ne I never will be, and, I, and I've talked to, who, I've heard both sides. I've heard the people who, like we mentioned earlier, who come up to us and talked about how it's great that they have this intro point for DevOps that they can they can learn and they can, you know, absorb the topics that they want to hear about and kind of get a sense for it. But one of my closest friends in high school, I hadn't talked to him for years and I happened to talk to him the other day. And um, he said, you know, he knows about the podcast. He's a, so he's a sysadmin. He knows about the podcast, but he prefers the ship show because it goes into the technical details and we kind of stay at the surface and it's just not enough for him. Which I, you know, I totally get, but and that's we've gotten that feedback from other places as well, uh, as I think we also mentioned earlier. Uh, but I, I, for me, I being new to DevOps also in some sense, or at least I was a year ago, as a, as a kind of definition, it's nice to 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 provide what I needed then. Yeah, that's that's a good way to put it because again. If you're dropping a whole lot of technical information, your audience is going to appreciate it if that's what they need at that moment. Mm -hmm. And if what they need is um, something with a lot more high level and a lot more approachable, then they might find that this may also be pretty useful for their needs. So actually, that's it's interesting, Trevor, that you brought up this sysadmin with that particular, you know, bent, the specific thing that he or she was looking for. and. Um, in the sysadmin episode, Matt mentioned something about having been a sysadmin and thinking that we're a natural, and, and I am too, and I've been known to say that I'm a professional paranoid. And, uh, you know, talking about being a, always, always looking for shadows, always, think, always weighing and measuring the worst case scenario. And I'm kind of curious, a question for you, Matt, 
has working in this, and I know that you don't work directly at Caring Pager anymore, but has working in this DevOps space changed that attitude of yours at all? And working uh, so much in the, on this podcast with Trevor, a dev, and working so directly with him. I, I think that working in the space the way that I haven't, even, even when I was working more like at the tail end of my actual OPSI career when I, and I, to be fair, I was more managing them. I was hands-on manager. I was still carrying a pager. I used to tell my team, I know you can think of a hundred different reasons this won't work. Let's just pretend it will. Um, <laughs> and so I kind of was, was forced into, to counter my team, forced into being an optimist. And I, and I feel that way a little bit professionally now because I'm you know, selling new ways of thinking and I, I kind of go to the, you know, we talk about cruel empathy. I try to not go into that direction, but to empathize and but then say, but look, I can make your life so much better because that's what I'm doing. I'm coming in and selling a better life. And it kind of feels like fake it till you make it. Like people say, you know, if you smile enough, eventually you'll be happy. And I feel like spinning my bullshit about positivity for enough <laughs> years has made me maybe start to become a little more positive about how things can work. I'm still probably pretty cynical towards the world, but when I think about what organizations can do, now it's interesting, and, and well, I'll talk about this a little bit in the checkouts, but virtue of uh, the new Facebook search, I've been able to go back and see some stuff I was posting on Facebook about DevOps back in 2011. Man, I was a cynical <laughs> asshole then, you know, and was just like, there's no way this stuff will work, and I just, I look at it so much differently because I'm positive, because I've been exposed to people being successful with it. Yeah. And and that changes it a lot. So what do you think, Trevor? Is he any less of a cynical asshole than he was the, this time last year? Uh, I'd, I'd say substantially. <laughs> um, I, I remember that when we were out sta uh, standing outside while he was, while he, Matt was vaping and we were talking about problems with uh, doing deployments in Windows or something. And Matt was just so angry about it. <laughs> <laughs> It was great. I mean, and, and Matt still has his days. Like there'll be days when, when I go to talk to Matt, and he'll just be like, "Not today. Not just, just, <laughs> I'm just not today." Sure. No, and mm. and you did you actually even have like a day or two of overlapping in in the job scenario, or did you like nope. gone? <laughs> no, I think it literally was like Trevor's first day was the day after my last day. Oh my god! No, no, I was there. I was there for about a week, but you were at a client site. Oh, okay. because I, I was there for your going away party. Oh, that's right. Okay, so we had like a week overlap in theory. Yes. So you both actually changed jobs while you were running this podcast together. Mm -hmm. um, at the same time, roughly. <laughs> <laughs> and I was um, I was so looking forward to to showing <laughs> Matt how dedicated and committed I am oh, in the work environment. Earning the dagger. <laughs> but so. So since you both made that decision and then changed jobs while you're running this podcast, it's kind of interesting. Like, how did participating in the community in this way influence your job selection or your job hunting process? Or did it not influence it at all? It was completely orthogonal. I'm just kind of curious for both of you. I'll go first. I'll tell you, I would not, I'm sure I would not have this job if I didn't, wasn't doing the show. Um, and not because I don't think Chef sat and said, oh, well, he runs a podcast, so we should hire them, although that kind of seems to be how we work. Um, <laughs> but I, I was able to, let's put it this way, I shouldn't say I wouldn't have the job, but I was able to um, have some conversation. You know, it's the same thing. It's just general. My networking was better because of the show in terms of being able to have people who knew me. And so I was able to have 
quicker conversations that got to the meat of the, the, the hiring process, I guess, or whatever. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe I'm totally wrong. Well, I feel so though are, that I, I, I vaguely remember having a, a brief conversation with you about this actually. Uh, when you when you were describing to me starting to talk to people at, at ChefConf last year, and you're basically saying that you know, and, and I've seen you in other, in in situations, and, and it seems like you're really good at knowing, like, especially at that at that Azure conference, you're really good at being like, oh, here I'm supposed to be telling you guys everything, but it seemed like in some sort of one-on-one -on -one situations, you kind of were looking for somebody else to approach, and it. It sounded like from talking to you about that, you had gone from doing doing that to actually making the approach yourself because I think it, at least the way you were talking about it, it sounded like you were kind of also looking for um, guests. <laughs> yeah, I, I will say that, yeah, a lot of that, my my confidence and ability to want to approach people, especially at ChefConf and, and as, as this kind of conversation went, was definitely driven by confidence. It came from from doing the show. I mean, one thing that's it's really interesting, and I know Trevor had a similar experience at FlowCon, but your your reputation precedes you in ways you never expect. Mm -hmm. um, I would say it's at least once a month I jump on a call with a prospective customer, and I get introduced like, oh, and you're joining us, Matt Stratton, our solution architect. And they go, oh, Matt, you do rest of DevOps, right? I love your show, <laughs> you know, or, I, or your show's awesome, and blah blah blah, and all this stuff. And I'm like, oh. And then they, they kind of dig it, right? You know, and it, it, it helps the whole process because it gives some immediate um, validity, validation of like, oh, okay, well, I've heard your, your bullshit before. And I guess <laughs> I like it enough that I listen to it all the time. So I, I already now. bought into your particular brand of bullshit. Exactly, so right? It you know? that hard. Yeah. How about, and, how about you, Trevor? <laughs> um, so, so it, I mean, it was definitely a lot. So the, the meetup was a motivator. Uh, Matt was a motivator. Doing the podcast was a motivator. There were there were problems I I was seeing where I was working before, and and I kind of talked about some of them on the show. And um, I was talking to Matt about stuff and going to those those meetups. And I said, well, this sounds like uh, like a better place to be, for lack of for lack of a better term. And I was really really sincerely hoping to 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 kind of grok some knowledge from Matt. Oh, for crying out loud. Enough already. Uh, you're killing me here, Smalls. Um, well, I have an observation. I'm, I'd like I mean to that sincerely. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to twist a knife. I'm not. Yeah. Trying to, you know, in this case, I'm not being funny about it. I mean, I mean that sincerely. <laughs> yeah. I, part of the decision I made to to make the switch and specifically choose 10M was to to have the opportunity to learn from you. But hey, you okay. get to podcast with him, which mm -hmm. is almost as good as working with him, and right? I come hang out with that office sometimes and annoy you guys, so it's cool. <laughs> I, I want to want to observe one thing I've I've kind of noticed in in Trevor and with your job change, and I would like to know what you think about it. Is moving into a role where you're at a firm that not only and I don't I don't mean to imply that your last company was not supportive of you doing the show or anything like that, but I I feel like you probably are a little more comfortable talking about things like in the open maybe because you're somewhere that that actually you being on the show is probably perceived as an asset as it employee is. versus <laughs> like just this thing that they let you do I don't know is that true or am I am I that is true? that is absolutely true I mean you know the the occasionally I get introduced on calls as being on the the <laughs> show as you know like you said as a, as a form of validation you know, and absolutely, I don't. I there's. I don't have that kind of internal pressure that I shouldn't be saying anything. You know that. You know, 
I feel like I have the company behind me as opposed to I'm going to say something, someone's going to find out, and for whatever reason, it's going to be a problem. And meanwhile, I was on our team Slack right before we started the Hangout on Air live, talking to my boss, who was like, oh, you're doing that now? What's the link? Yeah. I sent it to him. So I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that my company has no objections whatsoever <laughs> to be podcasting, which, by the way, I, I think I'm contractually obligated at that point to say is dramafever.com, and we're hiring devs and ops. <laughs> uh, who's not hiring? I was going to say, uh, chef.io slash careers. <laughs> Tenmagnitude.com so. slash <laughs> You can work with any of us. And then that person will probably leave as soon as you start. <laughs> that would happen I, if you... Yeah. I will. Yeah, never mind. That just went... Never mind. Oh. We all love our jobs now, actually. <laughs> this, is, this is the stuff where Matt's going to say to himself, self, maybe I need to edit this episode. This is a whole bunch of stuff that's going to get cut out. <laughs> my, my further and hey, further don't, in my mouth. Don't, don't cut out the part where my company is hiring. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, only leave we'll in, only leave in drama times. fever. Don't, don't talk about chef yeah. or tense magnitude. <laughs> all right. So, yes. Supportive companies, drumfever.com. Yeah. So the future, like what are, so we talked about some stuff that we want to change, but I know we've got a bunch of ideas for shows that are coming and we don't want to promise anything, even though we've got some stuff scheduled, but. We'll totally we promise things. I'm fine. I'm fine with promising. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll promise things. Usually we'll promise. We might, we might break We're going to be doing... Um, <laughs> oh, break our promise. That's true. It's promise theory, right? Like you're just doing your best. Right. We're so, going to do, do our best. Whoa. We're going to do an interview with that's, the... That's uh, a show idea. We need to have Jeff Sessna on to talk about promise oh, theory. That should be easy. We could actually... We could probably do a, a promise theory episode with Jeff Sessna where like, I actually hang out with him at you know the Coco co-working space or something in Minneapolis and like just tape it here since he lives here. I'm sure we could do that. So, so that's so you heard it here first that that's one idea that that we're going to promise and see if we actually that can we have not. Any, so Jeff, if you're listening, we yeah. haven't even asked you because we just thought of it this moment, but we think it'd be fantastic. I'm pretty sure Jeff doesn't listen. Probably um, not, but see, he'll listen now he'll that listen now, we told him at this time point he should listen. Yeah. Um, let's see. We shows we, we are going to do, <laughs> or at least uh, we talked gonna, about. We're going to talk. We'll be talking in the in the new year about. Um, blamelessness and uh, being okay with failure and, and how we handle failure in postmortems. I'm really and looking forward to that because I don't actually know how to write a blameless postmortem like for realsies. So <laughs> I'm going to learn that's, a lot. And uh, so that's pretty exciting. We're, we're not going to tell you every single thing about every episode, but we'll just give you a quick rundown mm -hmm. of topics on some DevOps job stuff. It, it, this will be interesting to hear Stratton interview people when he's been known to say it's not a title tool or team. So <laughs> I've also been known to actually like harangue recruiters when they call me and tell them why they're how they're doing their job wrong. Um, <laughs> that was on an episode too. I think I brought that up. Uh, I don't remember which one it was, but anyway, yeah. So that that'll be fun, and and we've got different different lots actually a bunch of topics around DevOps jobs and what it's like to have a DevOps job and how you should try to hire a DevOps and, or whatever. <laughs> um, I'm really excited because we're going to have an episode around Microsoft stuff, which as long-time listeners will know, I'm a .NET guy. So talking about Microsoft stuff is going to be lots of fun for me. 
I don't know what you guys are talking about with your Git Bash and your Z Shell. <laughs> hey! We'll talk, some, we'll talk some PowerShell with a very interesting guest around that, so you can just read into that I, as you will. Trevor, you're casting aspersions. I'm not a ZSH-using hipster, okay? <laughs> I, I may be a Docker-using hipster, and we, we will be having a Docker episode in the new year. To talk about Docker, 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 Docker. Which is Docker going to be on Microsoft? So, Docker <laughs> some more. Actually, that's yeah, that's going to be interesting because it think would be valuable to talk about that. Actually, since I think we have to care about that now suddenly at work, which will be interesting. I mean, I don't care about to, all. But, you know, why not? Why, why, why shouldn't you care about it, huh? <laughs> I care in the abstract. <laughs> yeah. I may have to care in the. Sure that I don't. I don't wish any specific harm upon Microsoft. Systems. <laughs> um. Uh, and I think that uh, we'll also talk about, like, you know, how people weep and gnash their teeth over eventually consistent distributed what's-its and how you can make that work for you. Uh, We're going to talk amazing... some, some squishy culture stuff, believe yeah, it or not. Building amazing teams and, you know, seriously, who the hell is this Deming guy and why do I care? Uh, what about the... To the checkouts? Yeah, well, it's yeah. probably getting to be about that time. Yeah, I still have to take a train home. This is going to be the longest episode we ever did. <laughs> <laughs> well, what was the what was the record before? Oh, oh, you know what? I just I looked this up the other day. Uh, while while we're doing the checkouts, I'll confirm it. Um, it'll take me a second. It's right, way well, longer than it's, Bridget, you want to you want to lead us off with the checkout train? Sure. Okay. So I have two checkouts for us today. One is I was in New York City last weekend, and um, while there was some uh, fantastic and powerful. Uh, social justice protesting going on, and also a lot of drunken Santas, which is a very strange contrast. Walking around, uh, you know, midtown. The drunken Santa. What do you do with the drunken right? Santa? Try to avoid them because they're, they're <laughs> clogging the streets. Was the message I got. But what I what I did go to Times Square to see, and I know anyone who lives in or ever goes to New York is thinking right now, why did you go to Times Square? That was a tourist mistake. I went to Times Square to see the new giant Google Android billboard. Um, my company, Drama Fever, is actually featured on it. I tweeted a picture of that. I'll put that in the, snow note, the show notes. But, um, but also, I found a really cool Verge article that actually goes into detail about what all this stuff on this billboard is and does, and it's interactive. So you can, if you have an Android device, which I don't, so I, I don't have a dog in this race, but um, there's a, like, I have, a, I have iOS because I don't want to spend that much time caring about my phone. But um, for people with Android devices, they can actually interact with this billboard and put stuff up on it, which is kind of cool. Um, and it's enormous. It's like eight stories tall and an entire city block. So, um, and uh, yeah, and then also the other thing I wanted people to check out is Lara Hogan's Designing for Performance book came out today. And for all of us who maybe are sysadmins and have front-end people or, you know, front-end developers or designers in our life who we would like to get them presents for the various holidays and have no idea what people like that might want because I mean other than of course you know docker containers to run their angular apps in but other than that what they might want um, they probably want Lara's book so we'll put a link to that absolutely by the way our longest the record for longest rest DevOps episode was episode two which was one minute one hour and seven minutes long uh, we're gonna crush that in this one Especially with the, the, the audio supercut to it. So, yeah. Oh, boy. If you're still listening to this episode, thank you for making it all the way to the end. All right. Trevor, how about your checkouts? So probably the coolest thing I've seen recently is uh, somebody, uh, and I should have gotten the person's name because it was it was on the article I read, but 
that's too late now, I guess. <laughs> Somebody uh, rewrote the Apollo guidance system in JavaScript um, so you can play around with the because Apollo. Because why not? Computer. Right. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not, not going to lie. I spent about a half an hour playing around with the Apollo computer in my browser. <laughs> um, I love space, too, but that's neither here nor there. Um, also, uh, a few podcasts ago, I mentioned the human app for iPhone. Well, now it's available for Android. Um, I haven't set it up yet, but I will. Uh, it sounds fun. Um, I keep wanting to use it, and I keep putting it on my phone and taking it off and putting it on and taking it off. And So I'm interested to know what you think of it, for sure. Well, if you can't manage to get yourself to use it, I probably won't either. <laughs> You are the you are the king of the new and shiny, and if you can't do it, I doubt I will. Um, finally, I wanted to mention there's a there's a uh, English show now streaming on Netflix called Black Mirror, uh, which is kind of a Twilight Zone meets Technophobia series, and it's. Uh, Really powerful, kind of creepy. It, it's six episodes on Netflix. I couldn't stop watching until I was done. Um, oh, highly recommended. Um, yeah, Matt, what do you got? Right. I got a couple real quick. So, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, Blu-ray and iTunes and everything just came out, and I've already watched it like three times since I bought it on iTunes <laughs> two weeks ago. So, but there's the honest trailer for it, um, which was really funny. I think my favorite part is a certain part. They're like, okay, we're really reaching. This this movie was amazing, yeah. uh, but it's still it's still super funny. We'll have a link to that in the show notes. The other thing, and I alluded to this a little bit earlier. So, Facebook's uh, graph search has been expanded recently. So now it actually works like the way we always thought Facebook search would have worked, which was like search for stuff, not like pages and people. So you can actually find old posts. This has turned out to be substantially delightful. Uh, my favorite was I've talked about on this show many times before, I think, that I wish there was a way I could search old Facebook posts so I could find out these rants I had on Facebook back in 2011 when I thought DevOps was stupid. And I found them, and they're, they're not as, as, it's not as big of a thing as I had thought it would be. Um, but there, there was one, the first one was that one of my coworkers, uh, I had shared, uh, St uh Stephen Nelson Smith's guest post on Patrick Dubois blog. That was, what is this DevOps thing anyway? And one of my coworkers, uh, who interestingly enough actually attended DevOps Day Chicago and I think is starting to understand this a little more, but her comment was, this is great for tiny companies with no customers and no future. Uh, <laughs> yes, um, tiny and, companies with no customers and no future, like Etsy and Facebook. Yeah, maybe. so and that's what I said. You know, but part of it was I, I had a, a lot of I had a lot of thoughts and feels at the time, and um, amusingly enough, I, I, I basically tweeted this and said, "It's great finding all these posts when I thought DevOps was stupid." And Pete Chesluck replied and said, "You weren't wrong." Um, <laughs> but wait, wait, as was always, the joke is more important than the truth. Has bought. Yes. Actually, that should be it. That's that's my next checkout is the Pete Chesbot. So if you go on Twitter to at Pete Chesbot, B-O-T, that is uh, the the Pete Cheslock automated tweeter bot, uh, and automated thought leader bot. Uh, automated thought leader bot. Yes, uh, can be a lot of fun to play with. So I recommend that. And also speaking of human, so my mail and calendar app of choice, mostly mail, but a little bit with scheduling on iOS, is something called Accompli. And I may have mentioned it before, but I have this is the one I have stuck with. Uh, also, I think they just got bought by Microsoft. I think on Software Defined Talk, Codier, who I think is the only other person I know who uses this app, um, mentioned. The thing that I like about it the best, 
uh, is that it's got this really nice feature where I can reply to an email with you, and then I click on an availability thing, and I can it shows me my calendar, my availability, and I drag to like a bunch of different slots that are open, and you get this really nice little formatted thing in the email saying, "Here's some times that are available for me." So it's it's a lot easier than the back and forth and back and forth. So I like it's called the Compli. I don't think it's for anything but iOS. So sorry, Trevor. <laughs> it's uh, funny you mentioned it got purchased by Microsoft and that you mentioned Facebook's new graph search because didn't they just drop Bing for the new graph search? Oh, did they? I, I, that's interesting. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. So they oh they had been using Bing like yeah they the had a, they had that like super partnership with Microsoft so that they could use the Skype API for video too or something. Oh. Huh. And they were using Bing for their search engine, and I saw just, that it just, just enough, kind of enough to be able to get the API, and then like now we've done enough queries against Bing, now we can use our own secret sauce. So, haha, I guess maybe. I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to ask. <laughs> we have to have a Facebook episode one of these days. Somehow we haven't had anybody from Facebook on yet. Anyway, hey, guess what? We have a newsletter, and I sent one out today. If you'd like to sign up for it, it's at arresteddevops.com slash banana stand. It's how we'll let you know about upcoming podcast episodes. Uh, updated show notes and any kind of cool links or things that we might find out with DevOps, but really we're mostly using it to tell you about upcoming shows. We'd like to thank our sponsors, VictorOps and Redgate, and our loyal listeners. If you enjoy listening to Arrested DevOps, we would appreciate it if you'd visit arresteddevops.com slash iTunes and leave us a review in the iTunes store. So be sure to check us out at ArrestedDevOps.com or at ArrestedDevOps on Twitter. We're always happy to get your input, ideas, or feedback at shows at ArrestedDevOps.com. I'm Bridget at Bridget Kremhout. I'm Matt at Matt Stratton. And I'm Trevor at Trevor G. Hess. We're Arrested DevOps. And remember, there's always DevOps in the banana stand. <laughs>